Hi, Dave Emery here. This is For the Record Program number 1319. How many lies before you belong to the lies? Part 28. This is being recorded on January 5th of the year 2024. Well, uh, it is a new year, I wish I could say. It is going to be a happy new year. If so, I would be lying in my teeth and my pride. I'd like to believe I'm not doing that. Uh, anyway, it is a new year, and we will see uh, just how happy it is. It's the uh, Chinese or uh, Asian, I guess Chinese year of the dragon, and uh, it may just turn out to be what dragons have uh, made out to been made out to do in uh, much popular literature and mythology, namely uh, spread fire every place. But we will see how that goes. Uh, very quickly, uh, at the top of each written for the record description and at the top of each Food for Thought post, there are a couple of important links. One of those links will enable you to subscribe to the podcasts that were being made by, of For the Record by Sister Station WFMU. So if podcasting is the best way for you to consume the program, WFMU is doing just that. Another of those links will enable you to obtain the 32-gigabyte flash drive with all of my life's work, both printed and recorded, plus a mini-library of old anti-fascist books available on easy-to-download PDF files. Uh, That archive is current as of, for the record, 1310. And uh, again, I couldn't be more pessimistic. I emphatically encourage everyone who listens to this program to get that flash drive who knows what's going to happen but uh i do think i i think that we are uh in the process of destroying ourselves and i think that as sentient beings at the risk of seeming a little pretentious or a little corny we have a right to preserve the record for those who come after and if you, you get the 32 gigabyte flash drive that will enable you to do just that I get no money whatsoever from that, and uh, that could be seen perhaps as proof positive that my worst critics are right, and that I am nuts at seeing that that is <laughs> my entire life's work for all practical purposes. At any rate, the title of the program comes from the political author, the autobiography of the brilliant political comedian Mort Saul. In his 1976 biography, autobiography, Heartland, he asked, how many lies before you belong to the lies? And frankly, we do just that. We now belong to the lie. For many years, uh, well, really, I've been covering the OUNB for decades. For the record, 777 and 778 are called the OUNB File Parts 1 and 2. They are compilations of excerpts from programs from April of 1984 through the fall of 2005. And they are about the OUNB, whose successor organizations have taken control of Ukraine. I've been covering the OUNB successor organizations, their ascent to power, courtesy of the Maidan coup, 
since 2014, and with the beginning of the war in Ukraine in February of 2022, those references in our media to the Azov Battalion and the other far-right and basically fascist Ukrainian formations have disappeared. It is an Orwellian memory hole phenomenon, and it is quite remarkable. Uh, it falls very neatly in the scenario presented in the Nazi tract Serpent's Walk, which, time permitting, I will discuss later. And uh, we will uh, get to that, uh, perhaps time permitting, later in the program. Now, there is a there is a, a section of an article that we read into the record in our last program. It is by Max Blumenthal. It is from the Gray Zone of September 26, 2023. Canada's honoring of Nazi vet exposes Ottawa's long-standing Ukraine policy. And in there, there's discussion of Christian Freeland, who at one time was the, uh, I believe, the Defense Minister of Canada. She is now the Deputy Foreign Minister of Canada. And she is the proud granddaughter of Michael Chomiak, an OUNB propagandist who edited an, an OUNB paper for the Nazis in World War II. And Ms. Freeland has come uh, basically into her own as a, in effect, Nazi propagandist. I don't think that's unfair. But noting in, to be noted in the excerpt of the Blumenthal article, and we read this into the record in our last show, I'm going to repeat some parts of it. The, the section here is called Friedland Nurture's Media Career as Undercover Regime Change Agent in Soviet-era Ukraine. Following his death in 1984, Chomiak's granddaughter, Christian Friedland, followed in his footsteps as a reporter for various Ukrainian nationalist publications. She was an early contributor to Kubiovich's Encyclopedia of Ukraine, which whitewashed the record of Nazi collaborators like Stefan Bandera, referring to him as a, quote, revolutionary, unquote. Next. She took a staff position at the Edmonton-based Ukrainian News, where her grandfather had served as editor. A 1988 edition of Ukrainian News featured an article co-authored by Friedland, followed by an ad for a book called Fighting for Freedom, which glorified the Ukrainian Waffen-SS Galician Division. During Freeland's time as an exchange student in Lvov, Ukraine, she laid the foundations for her meteoric rise to journalistic success. From behind cover as a Russian literature major at Harvard University, Freeland collaborated with local regime change activists while feeding anti-Soviet narratives to international media bigwigs. Countless tendentious, tendentious news stories about life in the Soviet Union, especially for its non-Russian citizens, have her fingerprints as Ms. Friedland set about making a name for herself in journalistic circles with an eye to her future career prospects the Canadian Broadcasting Corporation, CBC, reported. Citing KGB files, the CBC described Friedland as a de facto intelligence agent. Quote, The student causing so many headaches clearly loathed the Soviet Union that she knew its laws inside and out and how to use them to her advantage. She skillfully hid her actions, avoided surveillance, and shared that knowledge with her Ukrainian contacts, and expertly trafficked in misinformation. 
by 1989, Soviet security agents rescinded Freeland's visa when they caught her smuggling a, quote, veritable how-to guide for running an election, unquote, into the country for Ukrainian nationalist candidates. She quickly transitioned back to journalism, landing gigs in post-Soviet Moscow for, note this, the Financial Times, very prestigious, and Economist, very prestigious, and eventually rising to global editor-at-large of Reuters, the UK-based media giant which today functions as a cutout for British intelligence operations against Russia. And uh, that really discusses uh, how uh, the media can be gamed by, in effect, uh, Nazi or fascist collaborators. A little bit more can be between and protects Nazis in post-Maidan Ukraine. <clears throat> when Friedman won a seat as a liberal member of Canada's parliament in 2013, she established her most powerful platform yet to agitate for regime change in Russia. Milking her journalistic connections, she published op-eds in pop legacy papers like the New York Times, urging militant support from Western capitals for Ukraine's so-called revolution of dignity, unquote, which saw the violent removal of a democratically elected president and his replacement with a nationalist pro-NATO government in 2014. Uh, that, in a nutshell, kind of sums up the type of dynamic that appears to be uh, bringing Serpent's Walk to a reality. In Serpent's Walk, that is a Nazi tract by the Nazi publisher National Vanguard Books, the publishing arm of the National Alliance at one point, the most significant uh, above-ground Nazi element in the United States. In Serpent's Walk, the descendants of the SS go underground, which we know they did, build up their economic muscle, which we know they did, courtesy of the remarkable and deadly Borman organization. Uh, the element I, element I think is going to prove to be the decisive element in human affairs on this planet, and they buy into the opinion-forming media. After a terrorist incident with a genetically engineered virus which causes the horrible plague, allegedly of Russian origin, by the way, apparently of Russian origin, it's called Pakov 1 and Pakov 2, Pakov standing for uh, pandemic-causing virus. Martial law is declared, and the descendants of the SS who have infiltrated the military take over the United States. Uh, we are seeing something very much like Serpent's Walk taking place before us right now. Just note the complete normalization of Nazis that is taking place in our media, even from uh, media voices like the New York Times and others, which had some modified limited hangout about the Nazi and Nazi elements in Ukraine prior to the beginning of the war. Not anymore down the media hole. Sent, uh, down the memory hole, excuse me. Uh, an article which chronicles the revisionism that uh, it comes to a fruition in the Nazi track Serpent's Walk, and again, like its companion volume, The Primer Diaries, I believe that the Serpent's Walk is actually a fact, a blueprint for what the Nazis intend to do, excuse me. The following is from the 
a fairness and accuracy in reporting uh, media site. And this is by Gregory Shupak, S-H-U-P-A-K, from November 24th of 2023. Media Holocaust Revisionism at the Canada's Standing Ovation for an SS Vet. And it reads as follows. We began this in our last program. We are going to uh, take time to read about it now. And note the gradual, imperceptible shift uh, to covering up Nazi connections here. Toronto Star columnist Heather Malik, M-A-L-L-I-C-K, from September 26th of 1923, mocked Poland for wanting to extradite Hunka, whose unit massacred Poles during World War II, because Poland has a notorious history of anti-Semitism. Toronto columnist star Heather Malik, also again from the Toronto Star of September 26th of 1923, also used the word complicated, unquote, to diminish Nazi atrocities and mock the Polish government's interest in having Hunka, that's uh, Yaroslav Hunka, an officer in the 14th Waffen-SS Division, who got a standing ovation on the floor of Parliament by or from, I should say, the assembled uh, Canadian parliamentarians. Uh, more about the, uh, the coverage of this here. Funny, they've had 73 years to ask Canada for him. It's almost as if Poland has a notorious history of anti-Semitism, but that's crazy talk. Wilpa should have understood how complicated history is, how post-Holodomor, a Ukrainian caught between Hitler and Stalin made a fatal choice. We can hate Hunka for that now. I do. But would every Canadian MP have made immaculate choices inside Stalin's bloodlands in 1943? Of course, you and I would have been heroic, joined the White Rose Movement, and... Uh, beginning, beginning again. But would every Canadian MP have made immaculate choices inside Stalin's bloodlands in 1943? Of course, you and I would have been heroic, joined the White Rose Movement, been executed for our troubles. But everyone? Malik refers to Ukraine as Stalin's bloodlands, unquote, citing the Holodomor, the 1930s famine in the Soviet Union that killed an estimated 3.5 million Ukrainians, as well as millions in other parts of the USSR. Yet her link takes readers to a review of the book Bloodlands, Europe Between Hitler and Stalin, which, its own flaws notwithstanding, from the Jacobin of 9-9-2014, discusses the killings in Ukraine and elsewhere by Stalin, and on a significantly more egregious scale, Hitler. Acknowledging that the phrase she's borrowing refers to both Soviet crimes and the Nazis' genocides would have made the choice of joining the Nazis seem rather less sympathetic. Meanwhile, Malik's baffling comments about Poland erased the Nazis' systematic killing of Polish people. Polish history has indeed been marked by horrific anti-Semitism. One more time. Polish history has 
has indeed been marred by horrific anti-Semitism, with many Polish people complicit in the Holocaust, as she glibly references. This does not erase the fact that the Nazis also murdered 1.8 million non-Jewish Poles or negate Poland's desires to see their killers brought to justice. As Lev Lincoln in the forward of September 24th, the night of 2023, pointed out, the Galicia division that Hunka belonged to was visited by SS head Heinrich Himmler, who spoke of the soldiers' willingness to, to slaughter Poles, unquote. Three months earlier, SS Galashina subunits perpetrated what was known as the Huta Piniaka massacre, bringing 500 to 1,000 Polish villagers alive. And the next is, the, the next section is called the Non-Nazi SS. Keir Giles from the Politico of, of October 2nd of 2023 advances the argument that joining the SS and swearing absolute obedience to the commander-in-chief of the German armed forces, Adolf Hitler, unquote, doesn't make you a Nazi. That's interesting. I would say that it basically does, but then, you know, that's me. One more time. The non-Nazi SS. And this is really uh, quite funny. Um... Actually, uh, you know, I'm, I'm going to begin this article again because I've left off the beginning here. Uh, forgive me, a little over-the-counter radio. Uh, media coverage of the Canadian Parliament's standing ovation in September for Yaroslav Hunka, a 98-year-old Ukrainian-Canadian who fought for the Nazis in World War II, has included egregious Holocaust revisionism. On September 22nd, following Ukrainian President Volodymyr Zelensky's address to the Canadian Parliament, Canada's then Speaker of the House, Anthony Rota, introduced Hunka. We have here in the chamber today a Ukrainian-Canadian veteran from the Second World War who fought in, for Ukrainian independence against the Russians and continues to support the troops today. Wilbur went on to call Hunka a Ukrainian hero, a Canadian hero, and we thank him for all his service. This from the Politico of September 24th of 2023. Parliamentarians of all political parties gave Hunka two standing ovations, and Zelensky raised his fist to first salute the man from Sky News of September 26th of 2023. Then the New York-based forward of September 24th of 2023 pointed out that Hunka had fought for the 14th Waffen Grenadier Division, also known as the Galician Division of the SS. The SS, short for Schutzstaffel, Protection Squadron, was the military wing of Adolf Hitler's Nazi Party. And uh, then the uh, the article goes on to say, You have to, uh, a complicated past. You have to tread softly on these issues, said the main expert used by the CBC from September 28th of 2023 to discuss the topics of Ukraine and Nazism. Covering the subsequent controversy, the CBC of September 28th of 2023 ran the headline, Speakers Honoring a Former Nazi Soldier Reveals a Complicated Past, Say Historians, Unquote. In the context of the Holocaust, quote, complicated, unquote, functions as a hand-waving euphemism that gets in the way of holding perpetrators accountable. If a decision is, quote, complicated, unquote, it's understandable, even if it's wrong. 
This is little portrait editor Jonathan Mignot, M-I-G-N-E-A-U-L-P, who wrote the piece, soft-pedaled the Galician division in other ways, too. He said that some of the Ukrainians who joined it did so for ideological reasons in opposition to the Soviet Union in hopes of creating an independent Ukrainian state. That's quite a whitewashing of the ideological package that goes with signing up for the SS, leaving out this version for an independent Ukrainian state included the extermination of Jewish LGBTQ, Roma, and Polish minorities. As far as the hopes of creating an independent Ukrainian state, unquote, Abbabad, the Per Anders Rubling Journal of Slavic Military Studies of 2012 documents that, quote, there is no overt indication that the unit of Ukrainian Waffen SS recruits in any way was dedicated to Ukrainian statehood, let alone independence. And then, uh, uh, resuming where we began this, I, I decided to go back and include the beginning of the article for, for the purposes of continuity. Toronto Star columnist Heather Malik, from September 26th of 2023, mocked Poland for wanting to extradite Hunka, whose unit massacred Poles during World War II because, quote, Poland has a notorious history of anti-Semitism, unquote. Toronto Star columnist Heather Malik, M-A-L-L-I-C-K, of September 26, 2023, also used the word, quote, complicated, unquote, to diminish Nazi atrocities and mock the Polish government's interest in having Hunka extradited for war crimes. Funny, they've had 73 years to ask Canada for him. It's almost as if Poland has a notorious history of anti-Semitism, but that's crazy talk. Lupa should have understood how complicated history is, Post-Holodomor, a Ukrainian cop between Hitler and Stalin made a fatal choice. We can hate Hunka for that now. I do. But would every Canadian MP have made immaculate choices inside Stalin's bloodlands in 1943? Of course, you and I would have been heroic, joined the White Rose movement, been executed for our troubles, but everyone? Malik refers to Ukraine as, quote, Stalin's bloodlands, unquote, citing the Holodomor, the 1930s famine in the Soviet Union that killed an estimated 3.5 million Ukrainians, as well as millions in other parts of the USSR. Yet her link takes readers to a review of the book Bloodlands, Europe Between Hitler and Stalin, which, its own flaws notwithstanding, from the magazine of Jacobin, from Jacobin magazine of September 9th of 2014, discusses the killings in Ukraine and elsewhere by Stalin, and on a significantly more egregious scale, Hitler. Acknowledging that the phrase she's borrowing refers to both Soviet crimes and the Nazi genocides would have made the choice of joining the Nazis seem rather less sympathetic. Meanwhile, Malik's baffling comments about Poland erased the Nazis' systematic killing of Polish people. Polish history has indeed been marred by horrific anti-Semitism, which many Polish people complicit in the Holocaust, as she glibly references, with many Polish people complicit in the Holocaust, as she glibly references. This does not erase the fact that the Nazis also murdered 1.8 million non-Jewish Poles or negate Poland's desire to see their killers brought to justice. As Lev Galinkin in the forward of September 24th of 2023 pointed out, the Galicia division that Hunka belonged to was visited by SS head Heinrich Himmler, who spoke of the soldiers' quote, willingness to slaughter Poles, unquote. 
three months earlier, SS Galashina subunits perpetrated what is known as the Huta Pinyaka Massacre. That's called P-I-E-N-I-A-C-K-A. I may be mispronouncing that. Bringing 500 to 1,000 Polish villagers alive. Ken Giles, in the political of October 2nd of 2023, advances the argument that joining the SS and swearing absolute obedience to the commander-in-chief of the German armed forces, Adolf Hitler, doesn't make you a Nazi. An old cliché uses the analogy of gradually boiling a frog to explain how fascism takes hold in societies, but readers of Keir Giles, K-E-I-R-G-I-L-E-S, intervention, political of October 2nd of 2023, will feel that they are eyes deep in a bubbling cauldron. Again, note that it's not Candace Keir Giles. Giles, who also said the relevant history is, quote, complicated, unquote, four times, and, quote, complex, unquote, twice, wrote an article entitled, Fighting Against the USSR Didn't Necessarily Make You a Nazi, unquote. That's a dubious claim in the piece focused on World War II when the Soviet Union was the main force fighting Nazi Germany and thus fighting the Soviets made you at least an ally of Nazis. More to the point, the unit Hunka belonged to was a formal division of the SS trained and armed by Nazi Germany from the forward of the September 27th of 2023 which, quote, fought exclusively to serve Nazi aims, unquote, from the National Post of October of September 25th of 2023. Giles, however, opened by writing, quote, Everybody knows that a lie can make it halfway around the world before the truth has even got its boots on. And the, and the ongoing turmoil over Canada's parliament, recognizing former SS trooper Yaroslav Hunka, highlights one of the most important reasons why. Something that's untrue, but simple, is far more persuasive than a complicated, nuanced truth. In the case of Hunka, the mass outrage stems from his enlistment with one of the foreign legions of the Waffen-SS fighting Soviet forces on Germany's eastern front. Setting aside what Giles omits, quote, and butchering innocent people, unquote, when he describes Waffen-SS activities as, quote, fighting Soviet forces, unquote, his suggestion that calling Hunza a, Hunka a Nazi is a, quote, lie, unquote, does not withstand even minimal scrutiny. One more time. Setting aside that Giles omits, quote, and butchering innocent people, unquote, when he describes Waffen-SS activities as, quote, fighting Soviet forces, unquote, his suggestion that calling Hunka a lie is a, it does not withstand even minimal scrutiny. For instance, the, the aforementioned Per Anders Ludling in the Journal of Slavic Military Studies of 2012, documents that from August 29, 1943, Ukrainian Waffen-SS recruits were sworn in with the following oath. I swear before God this holy oath that in the battle against Bolshevism, I will give absolute obedience to the commander-in-chief of the German armed forces, Adolf Hitler, and as a brave soldier, I will always be prepared to lay down my life for this oath. Vowing absolute obedience to Hitler and swearing that you're willing to die for him makes you as root and branch a Nazi as Rudolf Hess or Hermann Goering. The next section is called Simple Narratives. After drawing these bogus distinctions between the Nazis and their units, Giles moved on to genocide denial. The idea that foreign volunteers 
and conscripts were being allocated to the Waffen-SS rather than the Wehrmacht on administrative rather than ideological grounds is a hard sell for audiences conditioned to believe the SS's primary task was genocide. Repeated exhaustive investigations, including by not only the Nuremberg trials, but also the British, Canadian, and even Soviet authorities, led to the conclusion that no war crimes or atrocities had been committed by this particular unit. Charles does not name any investigations by British or Soviet officials, so it's unclear what he's talking about on those points, but he's lying about Nuremberg. The Nuremberg tribunals did not... There's a mistake in the uh, text. Repeated exhaustive investigations including by not only the Nuremberg trials, but also the British, Canadian, and even Soviet authorities, led to the conclusion that no war crimes or atrocities had been committed by this particular unit. Giles doesn't name any investigations by British or Soviet officials, so it's unclear what he's talking about on those points, but he's lying about Nuremberg. The Nuremberg trials did not specifically address the Galicia Division, the Guardian, September 25th of 2023, but found that the combat branch of which they were a part, the Waffen-SS, was a criminal organization, unquote. In dealing with the SS, the tribunal includes all persons who had been officially accepted as members of the SS, including members of the Algemeinde SS, members of the Waffen-SS, members of the SS Totenkopfverbande, and the members of any of the different police forces who were members of the SS. Giles asserted that, quote, simple narratives like everybody in the SS was guilty of war crimes, unquote, are more pervasive because they're much simpler to grasp, unquote, but everybody in the SS was quite literally guilty of war crimes. And the next part is called Heavily Censored Report. The author was citizen of September 27th of 2023, citing B'nai B'rith, reported that, quote, the Canadian government's approach to Nazi war criminals had been marked with, quote, intentional harboring of known Nazi war criminals, unquote. The Canadian investigation Giles refers to is a 1986 Canadian government report that claims that membership in the Galicia Division did not in and of itself constitute a war crime. This conclusion is highly suspect when read against the Nuremberg trial's judgment, and the report also has to be understood in the broader context of Canadian state investigations into Nazis in the country. As the Ottawa citizens David Pugliese from from September 27th of 2023 explained, the federal government has withheld a second part of a 1986 government commission report about Nazis who settled in Canada. In addition, It has heavily censored another 1986 report examining how Nazis were able to get into Canada. More than 600 pages of that document, obtained by this newspaper and other organizations through access to information law, have been censored. Neither Giles nor any member of the public knows what the Canadian government is hiding about its investigation or why it's concealing this information, so it's disingenuous for him to present a fraction of the government's conclusion to which he has access as if it is the final word on the Galicia Division or anything else. As to Giles' jaw-dropping complaint that people are, quote, conditioned to believe the SS's primary task was genocide, unquote, 
the Nuremberg trial concluded that the SS carried out persecution and extermination of the Jews, brutalities and killings in concentration camps, excesses in the administration of occupied territories, the administration of the slave labor program, and the mistreatment and murder of prisoners. Perhaps the public is, quote, conditioned to believe the SS's primary task was genocide, unquote, because the SS carried out genocide. As disconcerting as it is that authors like Giles are writing fascist propaganda and that Malik veers perilously close to the same, it's even more alarming that editors of outlets like The Star, CBC, and Politico deem such intellectually and morally bankrupt material worthy of publication. And again, uh, this is... Not at all unlike the scenario that is presented in Serpent's Walker. Very, very gradually, the, uh, again, the historical record of the Nazis is gradually revised, and ultimately the Nazis are made out to be heroes, and their opponents, the uh, Bolsheviks, unquote, and the Jews are made out to be villains. That is exactly what uh, happens, that's exactly what, in my opinion, we are seeing here, the gradual revision uh, and uh, the normalization of Nazism and uh, fairness and accuracy reporting is one of the relatively few media outlets that's taken stock of this revisionism. And uh, congratulations to them for doing it. One of the things that... uh, uh, comes to mind that, that I think should be borne in mind in connection with this is something that is pointed out in Jeffrey Caulfield's uh, very good, albeit flawed book about uh, the assassination of, of uh, President Kennedy. It's called General Walker and the Assassination of, of uh, John F. Kennedy. That, that may be wrong about the exact title. I'm uh, operating from memory. I'll put it in the uh, in the written description for the show. But in that book, uh, Caulfield quotes uh, a, um, a, an operations officer at Fort Sill, Oklahoma, and uh, he describes, he, he screamed, his job it was to scream mail, and he came across many Nazis, uh, or some Nazis anyway, at Fort Sill, including uh, people who were connected to Jim Garrison's investigation. And he wrote to Garrison that, quote, there was a Nazi plot, gargantuan in scope, to enslave America in the name of anti-communism. Once again, uh, Glenn Pinchback, an officer in the Army at Fort Sill, who screened mail, uh, identified, quote, a Nazi plot gargantuan in scope to enslave America in the name of anti-communism. And I would suggest that it's far more than just America. And note, again, how Christian Freelon uh, basically became a, quote, journalist, unquote, and with some very prestigious outlets such as The Economist, The Financial Times, uh, Reuters, and was able to use her position there to basically uh, conduct historical revisionism. There is, uh, that is disturbing enough in and of itself, but there's something even more, uh, well, I don't know, 
more dis- disturbing. But uh, that was uh, carried in the Postal Magazine. That's a very conservative publication. I would uh, note that some of the books that they advertise, I would describe as fascist, but the Postal itself is very conservative, and they have some pretty good people, uh, such as uh, Colonel Jacques Beau, uh, who has written some very good material about uh, the war in Ukraine. Colonel Bo was in charge of analyzing the Warsaw Pact forces for the Swiss intelligence service during the Cold War, has worked very closely with NATO, was involved with Ukraine, and has had some very insightful things to say about the war in Ukraine. Another article in the Postal uh, about Hunkergate was by C. B. Ford, F-O-R-B-E. This is from October, the Postal Magazine of October 1st of 2023. And this is stunning. It's called Hunkergate, or How Inglorious Bastards, B-A-S-T-E-R-D-S, Eat Crow. Uh, that was a fictionalized uh, movie starring Brad Pitt in which uh, a group of American commandos were dropped behind German lines and they eventually assassinate Adolf Hitler. And uh, again, this revisionist history, but then we're, we're seeing a fair amount of that. Uh, this is very, very significant, and I think it is a harbinger of things to come. Uh, skipping down in the article, note to self, the Nazis are no longer the bad guys, the Russians are. So why is it so surprising that Justin Trudeau honored a former Waffen-SS veteran, Yaroslav Hunka, in Parliament on September 22nd, 2023? There is no point in insulting our own intelligence by even considering that it was solely the fault of one man, Anthony Roper, and no one else even knew what Roper was up to. Enter Warren Thornton, W-A-R-R-E-N-T-H-O-R-N-T-O-N, of course, in Britain. It was he who first noticed as to what had happened in the Canadian Parliament. He just pointed out the obvious. In World War II, the only ones fighting the Russians were the Nazis and their ilk because the Russians or Soviets at that time were our allies. Ergo, Hunka could not be anything other than a Nazi. That is, of course, uh, logical, uh, but the revisionism cited in that fair article is uh, dominating the day. But that pales beside the following, and I'm afraid this is a harbinger of the future. Back in Britain, Mr. Thornton was rewarded for all his hard work by being promptly arrested for spreading, quote, malinformation, unquote. This is information that is true, but which the government feels can cause, quote, harm, unquote. So British authorities were busy protecting Hunka, since we can't have anyone maligning the Nazis, can we? Thankfully, Mr. Thornton was released because he hung tough. Again, this is stunning and a harbinger of things to come, reading again. And this is from Hunkergate, or How Inglorious Bastards Eat Crow, from the Postal Magazine of October 1st of 2023 by C.B. Ford. Back in Britain, Mr. Thornton was rewarded for all his hard work by being promptly arrested for spreading, quote, malinformation, unquote. This is information that is true, but which the government feels can cause, quote, harm, unquote. So British authorities were busy protecting Hunka, since we can't have anyone maligning the Nazis, can we? Thankfully, Mr. Thornton was released because he hung tough. And again, I think that is a sign 
of things to come, and about as sinister as anything that uh, one could remember. And uh, as anyone could conceive of, I really should say. And remember, yeah, but boy, I tell you, I think that's a sign of things to come. Maybe some people uh, think I'm nuts when I talk about Circus Walk or uh, the Underground Reich of the Borman Group uh, and that they're going to eventually win. Uh, take a look at what's going on right before your eyes. And again, what we are seeing in connection with the, the lauding of Yaroslav Hunka and uh, the normalization of Nazis that has taken place in this country since the beginning of the Ukraine war, uh, basically it fits to a T of what goes on in Serpent's Walk. Now again, in Serpent's Walk, the descendants of the SS, well, I'm going to read from the back cover of Serpent's Walk uh, from National Vanguard Books. The author is one Randolph D. Calverhall, C-A-L-V-E-R-H-A-L-L. It was copyrighted in 1991 by National Vanguard Books. About the, about the book itself, on the film, the back cover, it assumes that Hitler's warrior elite, the SS, didn't give up their struggle for a white world when they lost the Second World War. Instead, their survivors went underground and adopted some of the tactics of their enemies. They began building up their economic muscle and buying into the opinion-forming media. A century after the war, they were ready to challenge the Democrats and Jews for the hearts and minds of white Americans who had begun to have their fill of government-enforced multiculturalism and, quote, equality, unquote. And uh, <clears throat> some more uh, discussion uh, in the from the book Serpent's Walk. A member of the underground right named Rinch, W-R-E-N-C-H, and a mercenary named Lessing, who's won over to the cause, are ta- talking, and uh, Lessing is explaining... Excuse me, Wrench is explaining. The SS, what was left of it, had business objectives before and during World War II. When the war was lost, they just kept on, but from other places, Bogota, Asuncion, Buenos Aires, Rio de Janeiro, Mexico City, Colombo, that's in Sri Lanka, Damascus, Dakar, you name it. They realized that the world was heading towards a corporocracy, unquote five or ten international super companies that will run everything worth running by the year 2100. Those super corporations exist now, and they're already dividing up the production and marketing of food, transport, steel, and heavy industry, oil, the media, and other commodities. They're mostly conglomerates with fingers in more than one pie. We, the SS, have a say in four or five, We've been competing for the past 60 years or so, and we're slowly gaining. About 10 years ago, we swung a merger, a takeover, and got voting control of a super corporation that runs a small but significant chunk of the American media. Not openly with bands and trumpets or swastikas flying, but quietly, one huge corporation, corp covering up to another one and gently munching it up like a great gubbing amoeba. Since then, we've been replacing executives, pushing somebody out here, bringing somebody else in there. We've swung, swung program content around, too. Not much, but a little, so it won't show. 
We've cut down on nasty Nazi movies, good guys in white hats and bad guys in black SS hats, lovable Jews versus fiendish Germans, and we have media psychologists, ad agencies, and behavior modification specialists working on image changes. And uh, then uh, the more about the gradual uh, revisions, and I'm going to leave a couple of words out. I don't think they're FCC prescribed, but the one is a word for uh, feces and another for uh, releasing uh, intestinal gas out of the rectum. And I don't think either of them are FCC prescribed, but just to be safe, I'm going to... Uh, Leave those out, or, you know, uh, attenuate them. Again, uh, Wrench is talking about this. Hell, if you can con Grammy into buying sugar, P blank, 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 instead of brand, F blank, 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 then why can't you swing public opinion over to a cause as vital and important as ours? In any case, we're slowly replacing those negative images with others. The good bad guy routine. What do you think of Jesse James, John Billinger, Julius Caesar, Genghis Khan? The reality may have been rough. One more time. The reality may have been rough, but there's a sort of glitter about most of those dudes. Mean honchos, but respectable. It's all how you package it. Opinion is a goddamn commodity. It works with anybody. Give it time. Aside from the media... We've been buying up private schools and helping some public ones through philanthropic foundations and working on the churches and born-agains. Again, I think that uh, should be noted. Uh, one of the things I, I take note of in uh, For the Record Program number 300 is uh, the gradual, again, the things that are... Uh, Making well, actually, I think in the interest of time, I'm going to leave this uh, out. But one of the things to uh, take note of um, the gradual again, well, really not so gradual. Look at what has happened since uh, the beginning of the war in Ukraine with the normalization of Nazis. Uh, something too to keep track of, and that is or to take note of. Uh, something I've covered at great length is that uh, the company that dominates English language publishing is Bertelsmann. They control the Random House, Little Brown. Uh, they have more than twice the sales volume of any competitor that's in English language publishing. And Bertelsmann was the publishing house for the SS and the Wehrmacht in World War II. The Head of the, the, patri the patriarch of uh, the Bertelsmann firm, Heinrich Mohn, was a member of the SS. His son, Dietrich, uh, or rather uh, Reinhard Mohn, was in the Hermann Goering division in World War II. Uh, lest one think that all of that is way in the past, the house historian for Bertelsmann, a guy named Burke Bavendon, B A V E N B A M in a book uh, called, published in 1998 called Roosevelt's Way to War, blamed World War II on, uh, on American imperialism, uh, Franklin D. Roosevelt, and drumroll fanfare, Jewish control of the media, and Hollywood. Again, that is the official house historian for Bertelsmann. That was the firm that uh, 
basically published for the, that was the publishing arm, uh, that handled the publishing for the SS and the Wehrmacht in World War II. Its patriarch, Heinrich Mohn, was SS. His son, Reinhard Mohn, uh, was basically in the, the Hermann Goering division in World War II. And that is, uh, again, they have more than double the sales volume of the nearest English language competitor. And uh, again, less people think that uh, that is uh, <laughs> uh, an isolated incident or an, an, an irrelevant phenomenon. Again, look at what is taking place in the world today. Look at the normalization of Nazis following the war in the beginning of the war in Ukraine. Notice what the, the fairness and accuracy and reporting article took stock of, namely the gradual historical revisionism that is becoming uh more or less routine following the, what they call Hunkergate or the Canadian Parliament's lionization by a standing ovation of an officer in the 14th Waffen-SS Division in World War II. And a particular note, again, note what happened to Warren Thornton, uh, the British blogger who called all of this to uh, people's attention. And uh, reading once again, because this is stunning, from the Postal Magazine, of October 1st of 2023 by C.B. Forb, F-O-R-B-E, Hunkergate or how, quote, inglorious bastards, unquote, eat crow. A reference again to where I think it was a 2009 uh, fictionalized movie uh, starring Brad Pitt. Note to self, the Nazis are no longer the bad guys, the Russians are. That's what Serpenswalk was talking about. Uh, one of the things that's interesting before I go on, in uh, some of the articles that uh, Colonel Bo wrote for the Postal, he noted that in his experience, most of the officers at NATO still thought that Russia was, quote, communist, unquote. That is mind-boggling to me that that degree of, of ignorance could prevail at the top of our military command. But I don't know. It uh it is quite something. I mean, it may be that they're not really that ignorant, but uh, that the surface walk scenario where the descendants of the SS have infiltrated the military and uh, can basically uh, put forth that kind of BS. Uh, it's BS, not SS, but uh, uh, who knows? Maybe that's why. But take note of the following, and this, in my opinion, is uh, a, a harbinger of things to come. So why is it so surprising that Justin Trudeau honored a former Waffen-SS veteran, Yaroslav Hunka, in Parliament on September 22nd, 2023? There is no point in insulting our own intelligence by even considering that it was solely the fault of one man, Anthony Rota, and no one else even knew what Rota was up to. Enter Warren Thornton in Britain. It was he who first noticed as to what had happened in the Canadian Parliament. He just pointed out the obvious. In World War II, the only ones fighting the Russians were the Nazis and their ilk, because the Russians, or Soviets at that time, were, quote, our, unquote, allies. Ergo, Hunka could not be anything other than the Nazi. Skipping down, back in Britain, Mr. Thornton was rewarded for all his hard work by being promptly arrested for spreading, quote, malinformation, unquote. This is information that is true, for which the government feels can cause, quote, harm, unquote. So British authorities were busy protecting Hunka, since we can't have anyone maligning the Nazis, can we? Thankfully, Mr. Thornton was released, 
because he hung tough. Again, absolutely spectacular. Uh, he was accused of spreading malinformation. Not that it was wrong, but he was telling the truth, and the truth was deemed to be uh, basically uh, damaging or causing harm. And uh, that, I think, is a realization of what we have been looking at in Serpent's Walk. Uh, it is a remarkable degree of uh, historical revisionism. Now, reviewing very quickly what we've looked at in this series, we began by taking a look at the New York Times story, again, lionizing a member of the Azov Battalion who had been involved in the uh, siege of the Azov stall plant. Uh, we also uh, recapped briefly uh, an excerpt from Covert Action magazine of March 23rd of 2019, Imagine Geographies of Central and Eastern Europe, the concept of Inframarian by Marlene Lauerwell and Ellen Rivera, talking about the continuity between Roman Svaric, the personal secretary for Yaroslav Stetsko, the World War II head of, of the Nazi collaborationist Ukraine, and he was helping to finance and recruit for the Azov Battalion. So he is a direct link between the, the Ukrainian fascism of the World War II period and the Ukrainian fascism of the contemporary period. <clears throat> the... Uh, Again, the surface walk scenario is, in my opinion, taking place right before our eyes. We next, uh, we next, uh, took a look at an article from the Gray Zone. U.S. government link Ukraine activists hold pro-Nazi Veterans Day rally outside the White House by Alexander Rubenstein from November 24th of 2023. And following that, we took a look at, uh, media, actually after that we took a look at, um, uh, the Max Blumenthal article that I excerpted earlier from September 26th of 2023, the, from the Gray Zone of September 26th of 2023, Canada's armoring of Nazi vet exposes Ukraine's, Ottawa's long-standing Ukraine policy. And then following uh, that reading of that, uh, we took a look at uh, another article, uh, this one from uh, the from Consortium News, of, excuse me, also from the Gray Zone, this one from September 28th of 2023, by Wyatt Reed, Gate, Canada's top general won't apologize for applauding Ukrainian Waffen-SS vet. And following that, we took a look at uh, the praising of a Ukrainian, this from Covert Action Magazine by David Starr. Uh, we, we took an outlook of an excerpt. The praising of a Ukrainian Nazi-linked veteran in Canada's parliament, the legacy of Ukrainian Nazis has reemerged by David Starr. And after looking at an excerpt of that article, which talked about the uh, recruitment of Ukrainian uh, Wapen-SS vets for uh, the uh, werewolf program and how there was actually a continuity of combat between uh, the guerrilla warfare that was put together by the Nazis on the Eastern Front in the late uh, World War II period and the covert actions that were undertaken uh, by the U.S. Uh, in uh, the immediate post-World War II period. In effect, those guerrillas simply switched 
uniforms. We've been talking about in this, uh, we've been talking about the article from, uh, Fair, the, uh, Gregory Shoeback article, and we talked about the, uh, we excerpted the postal and uh, their stunning material, stunning coverage of Warren Thornton, who was charged with spreading malinformation. True, but, uh, something that was deemed to be causing harm. Uh, sounds rather like fascism to me. And we also excerpted the Nazi tract Serpent's Walk. And uh, once again, I want to, uh, at the conclusion of the program, encourage everyone who listens to this program to get the 32 gigabyte flash drive with all of my life's work on it through, through uh, current as of for the record 1310. Also has a mini or mini library of old anti-fascist books. I'm easy to download PDF files. And again, I get no money whatsoever from this. I couldn't be more pessimistic about the future, and this will at least enable you to uh, explain to people what happened. Also, links at the top of each written for the record description and each food for thought post, which will enable you to subscribe to the podcasts that are made of for the record by sister station WFMU. This concludes for the record program number 1319, How Many Lies Before You Belong to the Lies, Part 28. This is being recorded on January 5th of the year 2024. I'm Dave Emery. Have fun.